Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, it is dinner time. What are you doing? My suggestion is how about some barbecue tonight? How about some smoking Dave's barbecue and brew? Got some smoked ribs, smoked corned beef Reuben, smoked meatloaf. I mean, it's almost as if they smoke pretty much everything there. But their barbecue is absolutely delicious. They make their own sauces. Their sides are simply fantastic. I don't like baked beans, but when you make baked beans with drippings of brisket and pork, you better believe I am eating it. And their non-barbecue options are fantastic. I always talk about the chicken marsala, and for good reason. You find on any five-star restaurant in town, and you know what? It's probably better. Because Dave, the owner, he had a previous life. He's He's been at other places. He knows more than just barbecue. And you find that on the menu. And, oh, by the way, you can just go there for dessert. That's how good it is. Bread pudding, out of this world. Absolutely love their bread pudding. Head to Smokin' Dave's Barbecue and Brew. You can find them in two locations in the Denver metro area. One is in Centennial off of Arapahoe. That's where I go. Or you can find them in North Denver. Smokin' Dave's. Barbecue and brew, absolutely the best in town. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Well, everybody loves their mock drafts. Are you doing like an eight-round mock draft this year again? As opposed to the actual seven rounds yes, of the draft? that's correct. At some point, I'll do a full seven-round mock draft, yes. That doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you predict somebody in the seventh round? You have no clue if that guy is going to be available. Oh, I admit. What is is the point of a seven-round mock draft? I get the first round. Seven? Seven. You don't even know if the guy is going to be available. I think think they're going to take this guy. You have no idea. It's silly. Yeah, it's silly, but it's fun. And then, and, and also the, the thing I like about it is for my own study and exercise, then this gives me kind of an idea of what I, where I expect, like the general range of players to go like, okay, well, I thought he would go in round uh, six to seven and then he ended up going in round four. So, okay, okay. Where was the disconnect with that? ESPN's Jordan Reed has a two round mock draft. He's expanding his horizons, not just the first round. We're going to do the second round too. This is what he has. Broncos with their first pick. Linebacker Devin Lloyd out of Utah. You and I have talked about him. Um, Really good inside linebacker. And really good in coverage, too. Yes. The thing about this is there are some who will argue you don't take an off-ball linebacker this early. But you have to start saying, okay, what is like a rare skill set? It's harder to find inside linebackers who can potentially cover tight ends How many times than it is edge rushers. Mace, I've been saying this for years. Yeah. I loved Roquan Smith coming out of college. I really liked Devin Bush coming out of college. 
I mean, I, I said it going into the Noah Fant draft. Do you either want a tight end who has speed or do you want somebody who can cover tight ends? It really came down to that. Again, and I've said this on the show, the Broncos had Devin Bush on their card ready to run it up until the Steelers said, let's make a deal. And the interesting thing is when Devin Bush and Noah Fant went head to head, who won? Noah Fant got the better of them. That day. Who would you rather have right now? As you say that with a smile. Hey, I, who would you rather have, Devin Bush or Noah Fant? I, look, Noah Fant's led the team in receptions <clears throat> two years in a row. Again, I be, think being I, the valedictorian of your medium math class doesn't mean you're the smartest guy in the school. I'd, I'd rather have Fant. I'd, I think he could be used a little bit better, but there's still special flashes there. Listen, put him with Aaron Rodgers, I might change my mind. How's that? No player will probably benefit more from Aaron Rodgers than Noah Fant if he comes here. Okay. I know Noah Fant has talent. We're going to go off book here on this one. <laughs> okay? Okay. Does Noah Fant play hard every play, in your opinion? He could stand to be a bit more vigorous as a blocker. You are, are really tap dancing. Does he play hard every play? He, I, I think he, I think he plays hard. I just think like, that he struggled, that he struggles with that aspect of the game. And I think the better the Broncos do in terms of asking him to do less of that and do more of just of just getting into space, the happier everybody's going to be. As a, as a blocker, him. do you still refer to him as a willing blocker? I still call him a willing blocker. I know, I know what you call him, but do yes. you believe it? I think the spirit is willing, but sometimes that, but the execution is weak. Okay, that's bad. Now let's talk about him as a pass catcher. Does he strike you, having been with the Broncos for, what, three years now, as a guy who really wants to go over the middle? Does anyone want to go over the middle? What's that? Does anyone want to go yeah, over Yeah, Shannon middle? Sharp would go over the middle. Yeah, Wes Welker would go over the middle. Brandon Stokely yeah. would go over the middle. Uh, Travis Kelsey goes over the middle. How George, often Kittle, he, George how, Kittle goes over the middle. How often is Fan asked to go over the middle? Probably not a lot because they know he doesn't want to. Does he strike you as a guy who really wants to go over the middle to make the hard catch? No, but I don't think. Okay. Any, but I don't think anybody really wants to do that. Okay, well, if that if you know that's the only place you can eat, then you go where the food is. Okay, now. But he look, makes a lot of plays outside. Okay, now let me ask you one more thing: Does he look like a guy who really plays angry, where he's dying to break tackles? Does he really give that effort after uh, the catch? I would caution too much into playing the, oh, they look like a certain thing because sometimes it's not always evident what the will is. Okay, that's fine. Uh, then I'll be more direct and blunt. Please do. When Albert Okawebenam, notice how I pronounced his name correctly, Jim Nance, Tony Romo, every other. Okawebenam? Yeah, every, every, every other guy out there. Yeah. Does he look like a guy who wants to break tackles and get extra yards? When he catches the ball. Yeah, when he catches the ball. That's the problem. Okay, for, fine. For when, he when he catches the ball. Does he look like a guy who's saying, I'm getting five more? And he's shown that he can get five more. Did, is he that guy? I want to get five more. But, but, when, he's, but he's also doing it largely out to the outside. I'm not comparing the two. Yeah. What I'm saying is, generally speaking, this one apples to apples. When Oka Webinom catches the ball, does he have that mentality? Do you see it on the field? I'm getting five more. It, it it comes out, but also you can say this. What you can say about Noah Fant as a blocker, you can say even more about Albert Okwebenov. 
Which is what? That he struggles at that. I mean, the, the Melvin Gordon fumbles the ball against Kansas you're not, City. You're not because answering. Because of on whiffs. You're not answering my question. All I asked was, you're, you're going off topic. I didn't, I'm not going off topic. When he catches the ball, does he look like he wants another five yards? He's determined to get it. Yeah, he does. Does Fant look that way to you? Most of the time, yes. Okay, good. So most of the time, he looked... Hold on, let me finish. Most of the time, he wants to get more yardage. He doesn't really want to go over the middle. And he's barely a willing blocker. I'll take Devin Bush. I'll take. I'll take. Period. I'll take Noah Fant because I think because he's one of the better pass catching tight ends in the game. He's one of the most. And that is hard to find. Too. He is one of the most athletic tight ends in football. And when and the time that they and when they and when they've had the opportunity to go head to head, Fant was the better player. Fine. Which I think which I think is interesting. I am sure there are guys who have beaten Deion Sanders when he, when they went head to head. And I wouldn't say that that wide receiver was better than Let, Deion. Let's get back on this because well, this, we're out of time. We'll have to go back to it. How's that? Because we spent all of our time talking about no offense. Yeah, because and I tag and I put it on Twitter saying we were just going to discuss what happened if the Broncos didn't go QB at nine or didn't go QB at pit in the sec at pick forty. I got news for you. Nobody cares what you say on Twitter. Most people have blocked you, like me. Most people. Well, for all the you, pe- wait, you for all them. the people you block, man. You, I get, you, hey, you I, have an itchy finger. I, oh, you said this about me. Block, I mute, gave a block. I gave mute. a I gave a block amnesty last month. Well, goody for you. And wait, only wait, what what gives you, King Mace, the the audacity of saying I'm giving amnesty? Yes. Who the f are you? Seriously, you gave well, goody for you. You gave amnesty sure. like you are throwing bread down to the peasants. I will give you amnesty. Yeah. That takes a lot of chutzpah, I got to tell you. You know what? I I admit, when it comes to Twitter and what I choose to do, whether I choose to mute or block people, I think only about the quality of my experience. I don't think about anybody else. I got to tell you. It's, a- I know it's, and I know it's narcissistic, and I don't care because I would like to continue to be on social media right. without it driving me bonkers. Right, and I agree with everything that you just said, but you saying I'm going to grant amnesty to the peasants out there well, that, they, the, the me, peasants are you kidding no it's not about that if it, you got blocked you got blocked for a reason I, I understand that but amnesty means i will welcome you back into my kingdom what i'm saying is is that that is so anti andrew mason from how i know you that is so out of character for you to put that on Twitter because you are nice, you are kind, you are empathetic, you are smart. But you said it. It is narcissistic. I and, hey, it's ar- and it's arrogant. How is it arrogant to say block I'm, amnesty? I am going to I'm, let everybody I'm, I'm be- into my kingdom unless you piss me off again. I am being magnanimous to people who have either said something nasty, nasty to me or have liked something that was nasty about me. It's just I, I am being I am the, very out of character. I am for being you. forgiving. I am the bigger man here. You know who you sound like? I'm a big expansive man. You sound like Joaquin Phoenix in Gladiator. Am I not gracious? Am I not kind? Am I not forgiving? Where do you think I got it from? Apparently. <laughs> Apparently, coming up after the break, Roger Goodell was peppered at his press conference today in his State of the Union of the NFL. 
And as you might imagine, he was peppered with questions about race. Roger Goodell gave no solutions, but we are going to give solutions next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. I think I'm Les Nesman when I hear this song. Name the album. Okay, it's Foreigner, 19... Four, number four. Good job. Thank you. I, I, I'm not a. I, I wasn't as up on the Foreigner album catalog. I had the tape. You did. That tells the, you how the old cassette, I am. not the eight track. I had the tape because you could have gotten the eight track back could, then. Because I believe this was 1978, right? No, you could not have gotten it. The eight track? Doubt it. For no, back that, in back no. in 78, I'm pretty sure you could. Uh, you might have. That was early earlier 70s. Tapes are out by then. A lot of the my parents had an eight track uh, player. And a lot of their eight tracks are late seventies, like Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. They've got. I have the album. Yeah, my par- my parents had the eight track. Yeah. Queen, News of the World, eight track. There you go. Magic of Abba, eight track. Magic of Abba. You want to kind of get a, a glimpse into the kind of music I was listening to before I was really formulating memories. It's stuff like Queen and Bee Gees and Abba. And bread. If the picture no. paints a thousand. That one's actually off Double Vision. Is that up a double vision? Really? It is. Oh, I'm such an idiot. God. With that double vision. Welcome back. Obviously, we are a sports talk show, not a music show. Uh, I want to tell you about my guy, Eric Cook, at Farmers Insurance. I've worked with Eric for over five years. He does my auto. He does my home. He's probably going to wind up doing my life insurance as well. He does commercial, too. And I'm telling you, he's the best. I like to work with people who treat me like I'm their only client, meaning... When I email them, they email me back in a reasonable amount of time. When I call them, they call me back in a reasonable amount of time. And that's exactly what Eric does. He's even done that on his days off. So you need to go with Eric's staff at Cook Insurance. They have over 70 years of experience. They know the right questions to ask to get you the right policy. Give Eric and his team a call today, 303-790-8089, 303-790-8089. By the way, Double Vision by Foreigner featuring Hot Blooded, Yes, you can get it on eBay on 8-track eight, eight right now. Well, of course you can probably get For it. For the uh, low, low price of $6.69, including shipping. Yeah, but how much is the 8-track player? Uh, it depends if you've, uh, probably quite a bit if you've kept it in shape, right? I know you're over at my house. Did you see the disco room downstairs? Yeah. Yeah, I've about. I've I did a, I made a gif of your disco ball. You did? Yes, I oh, put. I did. Happy no, I New did. Year, everybody. There's a little gif of the, oh. that I created of your disco ball that I'm, I put out there to share with the world. I'm kind of part of a gif. Yeah, I, I think I have about 200 albums at my house. Yeah, it was impressive. Oh, thank you. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance, the Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. 
Okay, every Super Bowl, Roger Goodell does his state of the state of the NFL. And right now, the state uh, is under attack because of minority hiring, specifically at the head coaching position. This is what he said. We believe in diversity. We believe it has made us stronger. People who have come into the league who are diverse have been very successful and have made us better. We just have to do a better job. I think we have to continue to look and find a way to step back and say we're not doing a good enough job here. We need to find better solutions, better outcomes. Let's find more efficient policies. We're not having the success we want with head coaches. How do we evolve the Rooney rule or do we have to have a new rule? Do we need to find some other way of being able to achieve that outcome? I think we're not going to rest until we find that, until we get those outcomes that are mandatory for us to move forward and to have an inclusive league. With that, generally speaking, what did you think of what he said? It's all just words. At least he's taken the first step of acknowledging there's a problem. Well, he had, but he acknowledged he had the, to. But he acknowledged the problem last year. What right. changed since then? Nothing. Here, here's the big question. What can he do? Because you know what? He works for the owners. Yes. The owners The owners don't work for him. The, he works for the owners. It's the dirty secret. You are not Kennesaw Mountain Landis Correct. in baseball, well effectively a dictator. Right. You are ultimately doing the dictates of the owners. You can't tell an owner as a commissioner who to hire. Yep. Yeah, can't. So you can say all the right things, which what Goodell did. And by the way, and the league can't tell the Broncos who to sell to. That's right. Which now, is interesting because we know of one minority. Well, that's, that's well, they can influence, but this is up for auction, so it's different. Right, exactly. But even even if it weren't up for auction, they could not say, "Oh, hey, Broncos, you are going to sell to the Byron Allen group." I understand that Goodell's getting a lot of the criticism, but I don't think it's fair. And Roger Goodell is a lot of things, and there are a lot of reasons not to like him. But the truth is, he's done an excellent job in his own house. When you look at the NFL league office, it is very diverse. So he has backed up his words with actions by making sure the league office is diverse. Right. But he, has, but he is not going to tell Robert Kraft who to hire. Robert Kraft would look at him and say, would you like to keep your job, Roger? Because we're paying you a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. So with that, we keep hearing, we have a problem, we have a problem, we have a problem. Let's come up with a solution or two right now. Because you can you can stand on a 14er and scream as loudly as you want that we have problems. But until you come up with a solution, I don't want to hear that we have problems. Give me a solution. You need more minorities at the entry points that traditionally lead the way to higher paying and higher ranking jobs. Correct. The only way to get sucked through the pipeline is to be in the pipeline, even if it's a quality control coach. Quality control coach, and especially on offense and involved with the passing game. And then on the personnel side, and... Some teams have done a really good job with this. Continue to emphasize minority hiring among scouts. That's where almost every personnel executive begins their journey is as a scout. I have I have a hard and fast solution. What you said is very broad-based, yet I like what you said, and I agree with what you said. But let's take actual action here. I had a couple of conversations with some friends of mine, 
who played in the NFL and are minorities and have been part of the coaching internship program. Mm -hmm. So I value their opinions. I threw this opinion to one of those guys. Now, what he said to me was, well, Eric, the problem is you're crossing the line into affirmative action. I'm not a big fan of affirmative action. I'm not. But at the end of the day, if you want to find a way to help solve this problem, you got to get a little affirmative action in there. And this is what I mean. There are lots of former NFL players who would like to be head coaches. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that these coaches, who many of them have never played in the NFL, look at these former NFL players as guys who are eventually going to take their jobs. So they don't even want them around. They don't want to help them. They don't want them around. Mm -hmm. And they're afraid of their own job security. There is also a knock on many former NFL players that they had a lot of talent, but that doesn't mean that they can coach. They got by on talent. It doesn't mean that they truly understand the game. That might be true for some, but I don't think that is generally true in general. So this is my suggestion. If you have a, we call it the coaching internship program. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? You get a chance to be on a coaching staff and you don't get paid. I think that needs to stop. I think what they need to do is this. Every NFL team, and I mean every NFL team, needs to hire. If there's a former NFL player, and and this is two former players, essentially, because there are a lot of former players who want to get into coaching. Every team is required. That's affirmative action. Every NFL team is required to hire a former player who wants to coach not as a head coach, not as a coordinator, not even as a position coach, but at the very least as a assistant position coach at the position they played. I am guessing they could probably bring some value to other players about the position they played. So even if a guy's a safety, you can be a cor- an assistant cornerbacks coach. Sure. Yes, is every team going to have to take a little on a little bit more water when it comes to salary and what you're paying out? You're making enough money. Have we seen what they're making from Amazon now? That's on my top point. Of else. I would go a step further. Well, let me that. let me finish my thought. Let me finish my thought. So with that, that person needs to stay at least one year. If you want to promote that person, that's great. But then you have to fill it again with another former player. All right? If you want to let that person go, that's fine too. If you don't think that guy's working out. But but then you still have to fill it as an assistant position with another former player. But here's the key. You know, in a lot of businesses, you have job reviews every year. Mm -hmm. This is not an owner thing, and this is not a GM thing. This is a coach thing. It's the head coach's responsibility to help this person, along with the rest of his coaches, succeed, right? You need to coach your coaches, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if guys who are on coaching staffs get evaluations when the year is over. They should. A written review. But at the very least, this one particular hire needs an extensive written review. 
because if you're going to fire him, it needs to be documented why you're getting rid of him. And then, oh, by the way, you still have to fill it because to your point, that's how you get in the pipeline. I, I think another part of it is expanding the pipeline. And I'm we, we talked about how much more money is coming in because of these bigger contracts for broadcast, the, the Amazon contract for Thursday Night Football, et cetera. There is enough money for a developmental league yep. that would play in the spring. That's what somebody brought yeah. up to me today. And 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 this is what I, I would I would say part of the point of the developmental league is an emphasis on minority hiring on the coaching side. Well, here's the problem though with that. And this is what I said to my friend who brought up that exact same mm-hmm. point. Then that then you are being forced to hire a whole bunch of coaches, okay? And maybe all of them are not qualified. Well, what you do is you make sure that you've got you're, you're developing coaches, right? Well, do they have a spring league right now? There's the USFL, but the NFL does not have its own spring league. They, the NFL used to use NFL Europe right. to develop coaches, develop players, also develop even officials. Well, but here's here's something. Remember, these USFL teams are owned by different owners, right? No, it's, it's common ownership. What do you mean? The USFL is, is single entity. Okay, so who runs each team? You have, I mean, you have front offices, but the ultimately the league owns all the teams. Okay, so with that, okay, the NFL should become partners with the USFL. Become partners. And what do I mean by that? You do more minority hiring, we'll put some of your games on the NFL network. We'll give you our contacts to get better television deals. Well, they've actually already got deals with Fox and NBC, so I don't think NFL network is going to be a carrot, but making the contacts would yep. be a carrot. Now... The thing is, I would. What you want is you would want some experienced coaches who can kind of work with these younger coaches yep. coming in. And for example, like in the USFL, for example, you've got among those coaches you have Jeff Fisher, who's been in the NFL, right? Larry Fedora, longtime college head coach. Yep. Um, Todd Haley, former NFL head coach. Mike Riley, former NFL college head coach. Uh, Kevin Sumlin, former college head coach. Yep. So you're off to a good start there with experienced people who know what they're doing. Right. And then and then use that. That's that's what you should. That that will I think also help get the process started for a lot of qualified minority candidates. Is Tom Brady coming back to the NFL? Well, a former Patriots quarterback thinks he is, and we're going to tell you where he thinks he's going next. Crossing the range. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. 
Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us at milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Optimum Golf. Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility in the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. Okay, Mace, we know that uh, Tom Brady announced his retirement, but not so fast. This according to ex-Patriots quarterback Scott, Scott Zolak, who does a radio sports talk show in Boston. He believes that um, Brady is coming back. He believes there's going to be a trade with the Buccaneers. Remember, Tom Brady's still under contract. The Buccaneers and the 49ers. Tom Brady goes to the 49ers. Garoppolo goes to the Buccaneers, and I'm sure there'll be some draft picks involved. This is what Zolak said. I just think that joining the 49ers, what Brady is focused on, he's been focused on it for two years. They've got to deal Jimmy. Brady knows that. Trey Lance isn't ready, and he knows that this team is built to win right now. That's attractive to him. So, you think Brady's coming out of retirement? I doubt it, but I wouldn't dismiss this offhand just yet because... um. Give me the top reason why you think he would go to the Niners. He'd want to go to the Niners. Wants to play for the team he grew up cheering for. Bingo. It's a, it has it's nothing. A, it's a matter of the heart. That's all it is. And you know what's funny? Okay. You know what's funny? Aaron Rodgers would love to play for the 49ers, too. You know why? That was his team growing up, too. Mm-hmm. And the 49ers were in discussions, and they were interested in getting Aaron Rodgers. Right. Remember that chilly handshake that we saw between Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan when the Packers and uh, Viking or the 49ers met earlier this year. Right. Yeah. Because Packers thought that the Niners were coming after Rodgers. By the way, there's one guy to thank for the way Rodgers and Brady feel. One guy and one guy only. If you had to thank one guy for their fandom, who would it be? Joe Montana. You got it. Of course. If it wasn't for Joe Montana, there wouldn't even be 49ers fans. Well, they would be. They just wouldn't. Maybe, maybe wouldn't have the same affinity. No, they wouldn't. That's my point. Yeah, you'd have. I fans. mean, they're both NorCal guys. Right, right, right. I mean, Tom Brady was in the end zone where Dwight Clark made the catch. Yeah, as a low. Yeah, guy. Aaron Rodgers wasn't quite as close, but in experiencing it, I mean, for Tom Brady, the 49ers were a huge part of his childhood. Well, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, when you look at Aaron Rodgers' age, he's old enough to remember Montana in the late '80s against the Broncos. Yeah, more than more than old enough to remember that, right? I think I think Rodgers might have been in San Diego before he went up to Northern California. Wow. But the Chargers didn't stick with him, right? So. so if Brady went there, and the reason why he'd want to go there, and I'm glad that you said this, and also Scott Zolak. Longtime Patriots radio color analyst, right? Who actually works for the Patriots, for the Patriots directly in a lot of ways. So, this is not someone who is uninformed. By the way, if Brady's been focused on this for years, why didn't he just go to the 49ers? It's a good question. Thank you. I pride myself on good questions. Because oh, well, but because you know who the, you know the head coach well, who was the who was the head coach of the 49ers when Brady was a free agent Kyle Shanahan right well here's the thing it was remember though it was right after the Super Bowl that the Niners went to and lost 
Yeah. That Brady was considering where to go. Right. And I could tell you right now, after that Super Bowl, after that's right when the Super Bowl was over, Kyle Shanahan could not have dumped Jimmy Garoppolo fast enough. Couldn't have dumped him fast enough. But Tom Brady had a landing spot. Why the hell didn't he go there? Well, because he wanted to be closer to his wife's home. Please. He had a chance to go there, but he didn't. I'll tell you this. If Brady- I think the, I think the part of the reason is, though, that in Tampa, he could he could get Gronk as well. That wasn't going to happen in San Francisco. Oh, really? You're telling me that Kyle Shanahan would turn down Rob Gronkowski if he said, yeah, I don't have to be the primary guy. I'll do a two tight end set like we did in New England with Gonzalez and me. They just given it. Well, they just given a big contract to George Kittle at that point. Gronkowski would have come for nothing. He would have played for the league minimum. And and I I also don't think and I think where the 49ers were organizationally more because it wouldn't have been just Kyle Shanahan making the call would have gone. I'll tell you why it would have gone all the way up. I'll tell you why he didn't go to the 49ers. You know why? Because he couldn't run his offense. He'd have to run. But now, but now he doesn't run Kyle's offense. but now he doesn't care. Obviously, if if he wants to maybe go to San Francisco. No, no, you know what? Sorry, Tom, you had a chance to go there, but you wanted to run your offense. Good for you. You won a Super Bowl. Yeah, can you blame <clears throat> Tom Brady? Actually, made that's a great, great. He made a great choice. He got he, he got what he wanted. There was one one Super Bowl and one terrific year he, that that just fell short. He wants to go there, and that's great if you're a 49ers fan. But here's the thing, and there are two things in play. One, he's going to have to learn a whole new offense again, which is fine if that's what he wants to do. But the only he's going there, a because that's his childhood team, and because they're good. But you know, and they're really good actually, and they're really quarterback away. But you know what the problem is? And that's the thing; they th- they're a quarterback away is the key element here. But you know what? You know what the problem is? Now he looks like LeBron James. Well, there's another thing also. Do you hear what I said? Well, now he looks like a James Harden. Right. Now he looks like an, like an NBA player who wants to go to a winning situation to win another one. The truth is he wants to play for his hometown team. But uh, but honestly, the court of public opinion is, well, I don't care that you're going to your hometown team. You, you just want an opportunity to win another Super Bowl. That's the narrative. He will become known as LeBron James. Just walk away because you are you're like George Costanza. You told a joke, leave the room. Well, here's the other thing also in play. If he did go to San Francisco, he could do something that no one else has ever done. One to Super Bowl, three different teams. Right. That would separate him from Peyton Manning. I get that. I totally understand. And he and again, it's it's the lure of the hometown team. But by the way, a very strong appeal. I'm, I'm gonna correct you on something. That won't separate him from Peyton Manning. He's already separated from Peyton Manning. But by far. I agree he is the better quarterback, but in his mind, he might be thinking, okay, what is the other mountain? What, what other mountains are there, there to climb? There, there isn't. Literally, there, the only other mountain left to climb would be winning a Super Bowl. You know what he's doing? If, if that's his motivation, you know what he's doing? He's spending all of his money to build a mountain so he could climb it. He's not climbing a mountain that he sees out there. He's going to build a mountain and say, look, I'm going to climb the mountain that I built. Does it make it any less viable that he climbed said mountain just because he built he it? He wants to play for his hometown team. That's what he wants to do. And that's fine. Yeah. If, right. he wants to do, if he wants to do it, let him. What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? 
We've talked a lot about offensive coaches uh, benefiting from having quarterbacks that are great under their play calling. We'll talk about a defensive coach, a favor for Kevin O'Connell's staff who could be under a similar situation, and also why the hottest story of the week, Super Bowl 56, could be the hottest of all time. That's next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino and Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Just in case you missed it, Ed Donatel has emerged as a favorite to join Kevin O'Connell's staff in Minnesota as the defensive coordinator. Donatel was linked to Pete Carroll and the Seahawks previously after they moved on from their defensive coordinator, but now expected to go to Minnesota. He obviously benefited from uh, having Vic Fangio as the head coach here in Denver, but the Broncos defense was eighth in yards allowed and third in points allowed this season. Which one do you think is the more attractive opportunity, going to a brand new, fresh staff in Minnesota with O'Connell or going to a mostly established staff in Seattle with Carroll that's making some changes on defense? Well, I would say this. Seattle because Seattle's probably better positioned to have team-wide success. But if you're Ed Donatel, you really want to run your own shop on the defensive side. Yep. That's what Minnesota's offering him. Now, it's a team that is probably going to go draft-heavy on the defensive side here in the next year or two. So he's going to have a good a chance to kind of pick who he wants for that defense. And I know the critique has been made of Donatel that the last of the time, the previous times he called defensive plays, he wasn't very successful. But I will add this. All of those instances came before he learned the Vic Fangio defense as he has for the past several years, I think it's going to work out differently for him because of the concepts he's learned and learn and, and learn how to integrate into his defense. I think it's a great hire for the Vikings and a great move for him. I'll take it a totally different direction. Pete Carroll, I'm not so sure if he's going to be there in three years. But Kevin O'Connell has a good chance to be there in three years. It's about job security yes. and running your own show. Yeah, it's, That's simple. And he might you, be. You don't have to go any further than that. And basically, I mean, everything you said is totally accurate. He's probably going to last longer there than Pete Carroll. I could be wrong, but my money's on Kevin O'Connell. And he may decide that he wants to bring some of the Broncos' assistants who just were let go yep. with him. I mean, don't be surprised if Reggie Herring and John Pagano both, both end up in Minnesota. Right. Great points by both of you. Oh, thanks, Danny. Hey, we tried. Absolutely. Appreciate Just that. in case Very you nice. missed it, Very nice. uh, obviously the hot story this week is Super Bowl 56, but the Super Bowl itself could be quite hot, could be the hottest Super Bowl on record. 
as the National Weather Service has issued a heat advisory for this weekend, the first February advisory in the state of California's history. L.A. County will be in the high 80s, possibly the 90s on Sunday for the big game, and they do have that kind of outdoor feel partial uh outdoor it's, it's feel. covered but it's, it's bre- not really indoors it's, right, a right, feel. Mace? it's a carport that just think of it that way the stadium is a big car so the heat will be getting in a little bit yes um it'll be shade though. on the on it's, the it's, other it's, hand right. here in denver it's going to be 56 and sunny uh how long before the nfl changes its tune and we have a super bowl played here in denver we okay. don't we it won't happen here unless there's a stadium with a roof because while the weather can be really nice here, there's enough of a risk of a really bad weather day. And the other thing that comes into play here is that Denver, if you include the mountains, there's enough hotels. But Denver proper does not have enough hotel rooms for what the NFL wants for Super Bowl. Really? Remember that Democratic National Convention we had here? Yes. I think there's enough hotel space. That's that's just the reason that I've been told. Okay, then that person didn't. Then that person forgot there was a Democratic National Convention here. But you had a lot of people staying up in the mountains as well and coming down. If the weather is capricious, listen, you can't rely on I, that. I have in the no idea who stayed in the mountains. Yeah. What I know is the Democratic National. You just Convention said that. Here. You don't have to say that at the third consecutive. But, but to time. try and say, well, maybe people stay. I have no idea if they stayed well, in the mountains. I'm, I'm just. I'm pointing out to you the one of the reasons that has been given for Denver not having a Super Bowl is that it comes up short in terms of the hotels that the NFL wants. And the DNC was here. And they needed ju- they need just as much if not possibly more hotel space. I'm just I'm just telling you what I've been I'll told. ask I'll ask both of you guys this though. That's that is the that's an NFL reason. Okay. And that's I wrong. I've not heard because, that before, Mace. I'm, that, I was interested to hear that. Great reason, except the DNC was here. But I digress. But maybe they need different types of hotels. Maybe maybe the NFL wants more premium hotels than the DNC did. Okay. Maybe the DNC is content with a lot of people staying at you know the you know the Roadway Inn. Well, um, if you want to come to the game, maybe you have to stay at the Roadway Inn, especially with all the prices being yeah. gouged. I have a feeling people would be fine if they can go to the game. But I digress. Let me ask you this question: Do you think if the Broncos? Have a minority owner. Do you think that tips the scales to get a Super Bowl? Only if they have a stadium with a retractable roof. So you're saying the answer is no? Yes. Okay. Danny, what do you think? Yeah, because of the logistical reasons outlined by Mace with hotels and also because that's the only the only explanation I'd heard before Mace brought that up mm-hmm. was the outdoor stadium. And if they don't have a roof, they won't right. have a Super Bowl. So unless he plans on building a roof... Yeah. Or a new stadium, I don't think it changes things either. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, uh, where the Broncos played Super Bowl Forty Eight, it was played in New York, and it, the weather wasn't pleasant. Forty nine degrees, actually, it was great that night. Well, it was the coldest Super Bowl ever on record was in New Orleans, right? Not in New York. My my point though is this: New York had built a new stadium, yeah, and it's New York. That's why mm-hmm. it's New York. I mean, this is just an example. Like a, a town that probably should have a Super Bowl could do a great job with it is Nashville, right? It's geared toward yeah. tourism. Be awesome. Seems like it would be better for the players' health and safety to play in a snow game than in a game where they could get heat stroke. Well, from. one thing though, it's Inglewood's not too far from the water, and as I'm looking at it right now, the temperature at kickoff in Inglewood is supposed to be 79 degrees. 
Okay. I think it's going to be all right. If they were playing inland, I think if they're playing in Anaheim, it's going to be in the 90s. You'd have problems. Where they are at in Inglewood, I think they'll be okay. All right, that's going to do it for us. Nolan, great job today. Same with you, Danny. Mace, outstanding as always. And I'll try and do better tomorrow. Make it the best possible. Thank you.